Let's get started. There was a movie that released last year. And if you're not a fan of thrillers, you might not have seen it. It was a movie called A Quiet Place. This was an extreme. This was a short movie. It was very good, but it was the director's one short chance. This was his chance to make a movie that counted, a movie that people liked, a movie that people remembered, and a movie that would make people want another one like it. This movie had one short chance to make one long-lasting effect. Would it be wasted or would it be wondrous? We all know what wasted chances look like. We see athletes waste their one short chance on pleasure or drugs. We see friends waste their one short chance at school for a thrill or a lack of discipline. People either make their short opportunities meaningful or they make them wasteful. The span of mankind on earth is brief indeed. And if the span of human history is short, then your appearance on the scene is shorter still. One breath and you're gone. One short life is all you have. You might as well make it count. When your life is done, when your heaven begins, will anyone be there because of you? Will anyone enjoy Jesus forever because of how you live? Will your life count? And what better way to test our lives than by the lives of three young men who have gone before us? David Brainerd was a young man whose life counted. At 19 years old, his first, when he stepped his first step on campus, his first and only fear was that he wouldn't be able to be with Jesus as much as he wanted to be because of studies. During the semester, he would leave campus to be alone with God, believing that one hour with God infinitely exceeded all the pleasures of this lower world. Leaving Yale at age 24, he rode on horseback to live with the Native Americans in northeastern United States. And five years were spent sleeping on hay. Five years he was weeping for his friends. Five years he was ignored by his family, eventually becoming so sick he could barely ride to see his friends any longer. At 28, in cold, dark nights on snow-covered ground, coughing up blood, he would pray for his Native American friends. Through burning fevers, he would continue to preach and dare not stop. At age 29, no longer able to get out of bed to see his Native American friends, he believed that if he had a thousand lives to live over again, they would only be worth something if they were given to God all the same. And with that, at age 29, his one breath had ended. He had used his one breath for one end, that the one and only God would be loved and worshipped by ones who do not deserve him. His life counted because his studies would not keep him from Jesus. The world could offer him jobs and pleasure, but it could not offer the Native Americans a beautiful Jesus. So he decided to deny what the world could give him to give the Native Americans what the world could not give them. And people will delightfully praise Jesus forever because of him. A 19-year-old at Yale University made his life count. Will you? Will your life count? Will you use your one short life for your short-lived pleasures? Or will your one short life have eternal purposes? Another man 
was just another day at the University of Yale, but he wasn't just any other person walking on campus. He was a millionaire and an heir to a family fortune, but William Borden would not waste his one short life. At 18 years old, his heart was that every single man on their university would be reached. His small group would get a list of the men in their sophomore class and they would each volunteer to take names off the list so that all of them might know Jesus. And when they came to someone who was more difficult and harder than the others, there would be a silent pause. Nobody wanted to take responsibility for them. But then Borden would say, give him to me. To him, life was not a question of being or having. It was simply a question of the will of God, knowing it, doing it, and loving it. And such a life he very much knew was possible even in college. He could not speak of small group leading even when it was hardest as a sacrifice. To him it was a privilege of the highest order, a privilege that comes not to angels but only to us, and to us only once. After graduating with a bachelor's from Yale and a master's from Princeton, William Borden had every job opportunity all of us would dream of having, and his family, fortune, and company awaited him. But he would take none of it, so long as the Chinese Muslims did not have Jesus. On March 20th, 1913, William was in Cairo as a missionary, training so he could go to China. But that would be his last night, walking the streets of Cairo. The next day, he was in the hospital with spiral meningitis. And less than three weeks later, he died at 25 years old. And with that, his one breath had ended. When he denied the riches of his inheritance, he wrote in his Bible, no reserves. When he boarded his ship to Cairo, he wrote, no return or no retreats. And while laying in bed those three weeks, ready to die, he wrote, no regrets. Someone once wrote of him and said, our friend and brother, William, was a soldier. Every inch of him was a soldier for Jesus. Are you, are we, every inch a soldier for Jesus? William Borden used his one short life for everlasting purposes. Will we? Can our lives count without winning souls for King Jesus? Absolutely not. For the God is most glorified when a person is made from a monster into a son or daughter. The greatest demonstration of God's love is not through feeding the homeless or giving to the poor or service projects. And it's not even through preaching on a stage, although they are great demonstrations. Nonetheless, the greatest demonstration of God's love for a broken and lost world is a man or woman who gives up their wants, gives up their time and gives up their finances to make friends and disciples for Jesus. Alexander McLaren said the meaning of being a Christian is that in response to the gift of a whole Christ. I give my whole self to him. It is quite silly for us to wait for Christmas every year for our greatest gifts when a son has already been given. Matthew chapter one says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. 
He was born only to die. Jesus had one short life to make one everlasting effect. The innocent king took the beating we unworthy rebels deserve so we could become sons and daughters again. With one short life, the king of beauty purchased the servants of filth. The cross was Jesus using his one short life for our eternal benefit. It was a song I was just shown this week that illuminates what I believe is Jesus's heart song for you. It says one song. I have but one song, one song only for you. One heart tenderly beating, ever entreating, constant and true. One love that has possessed me, one love thrilling me through. One song my heart keeps singing, one of one love only for you. Jesus made his one short life count for everlasting purposes. Now will we. Christmas is not so much a reminder of getting. It is a reminder of giving and not of gifts, which are small, but of our lives, which are great. When you wake up Christmas morning, may you be joyful. May you be warm. May you be loved and peaceful. But may you remember that we give our lives for the one who gave us his And there is no more appropriate way to give our lives to Jesus than as soldiers in his army. God's command to make disciples is not a calling for some Christians. It is a command for all Christians. And partial obedience is absolutely complete disobedience. I'm going to invite Justin and the rest of the staff and worship team to come up. And we're going to. Transition into a time, our time of communion as we start with a story. In a large urban city known as Patiala, India, was the son of a wealthy landowner and prominent man. He was brought up in luxury with nothing that money could not buy. He had the best education his money could afford in the region. He was a 19-year-old Sikh who heard of Christianity and took the irrevocable step of declaring himself a Christian. This is a small thing for us Americans to do. But for this man named Carter Singh, it meant losing his father, losing his wealth, and losing his future. After losing everything, he went to Tibet, where Buddhists have a deep hatred for Jesus and those who love him. After preaching and teaching about Jesus, the Lama, or the great, the great Buddhist teacher in the city, had him arrested and sentenced to death. Carter, a 19-year-old boy, was stripped of his clothes, wrapped in a wet yak skin, and thrown out into the sun. As the skin dried, it would shrink around and tighten around him. And the people would laugh as they heard his bones cracking in the slow process of death. And on the ground next to him, after a few days of this, was his Bible. He freed his right hand, grabbed it, and wrote, Is this a deathbed where a Christian lies? Yes, but not his. Tis death itself here that dies. And with that, Carter's one short breath had ended. In less than two short years of knowing Jesus, he was killed. Did his one short life matter? 
The Buddhist teacher's secretary had watched Carter all the way to the end, ended up grabbing his Bible at the end of his death, and eventually told the Buddhist teacher that he himself had given his heart to Jesus. The teacher, now angrier than before, decided to ensure no one else would dare follow this Jesus. So the secretary was wrapped in the yakskin, thrown out into the sun again. But to make the agonies all the worse, red hot skewers were pierced into his body from all sides. And for days, tired of waiting for him to die, the man was tied to a horse and drugged naked through the city and thrown out of the city to die. But the man regained his strength little by little and crawled away. When he had recovered, he went to preach again. And because of this nation's fear of the supernatural, no one in the country dared to touch him again. So he was able to travel to, through Tibet freely, telling people about Jesus. Carter sings, one short life led to one dark country, freely hearing about the one beautiful Jesus, which never had and never has happened since. Yeah. Small group leaders, if you would please stand for me. Small group leaders are the heroes of the world. Not activists, not humanitarians, and not preachers. The ones who live life daily with other people so that they can fall in love with Jesus. They are the heroes. They each have made their one short life count. They are the ones who give what cannot be returned so that you can have what can never be taken away. They sacrifice for our sweet Jesus and all the while see it only as a privilege. They abide in Jesus daily. They honor our staff and speak nothing but highly of one another. They are each accurate representations of the character of Jesus. They fight for this campus because on this campus, Jesus fought for them. Yeah. You can sit down. <clears throat> As we move into a time of communion, the power of communion is that Jesus drank the cup of suffering so you could drink the cup of his life. Communion is a sacred table. You cannot eat from the table of demons and eat from the table of the Lord. The Bible says that he who takes this sacred gift in an unworthy manner takes damnation upon himself. So I would not be right if I said to everyone, just come. The scripture says to let each one examine himself. So which table do you eat from? If your one short life is used for our one amazing Jesus, then this communion table is for you. If your one short life is used for your one short, your, your, uh, your long, short-lived pleasures, then this table is not for you, but it can be. Yeah. You can change the table you eat from, yeah. and you can change what you live your one short life for. Yeah. So as they begin playing, if you have given your one short life for Jesus, then I invite you to come to his table and remember that he gave himself for you and our only appropriate response is to give ourself for him. If you do not eat from the Lord's table, then I recommend to you, you repent. I recommend to you, you get right with Jesus and then you come eat from this table as well, remembering that he gave his life for you and your only appropriate response 
is to give it right back for him. So I'm going to pray and we'll, we can have communion. So when you come up, you're just going to have a piece of bread torn off, dip and go back. So <clears throat> Jesus, we love you. Lord, I pray the weight of your beauty, the weight of your sacrifice, the weight of who you are would overwhelm us, oh God. May we not look at you who is sacred, you who is amazing, and see you as common. Jesus, may our eyes never grow weary of seeing your beauty. May we never grow tired of fighting for your kingdom. Jesus, we love you. May this entire break, we give ourselves to you just as much as we do during the semester. Please, oh Jesus, may no one be here and leave not having experienced your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.